Welcome to Middle-Aged Wisdom. I'm Nancy, and I'm a dentist. I'm Dave, and I'm an engineer. We're here to share what we've learned about life, business, and leadership. Join us as we try to figure it all out. What it takes to live our best lives. Welcome to episode 32 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. We're talking about motivation today, and not motivation in the sense of, hey, get up and get going, but in recent times, there's been more time at home, we haven't had as much interaction with people outdoors or in the workspace, and we're going to be talking about how to keep the motivation up in work, in parenting, and just in health and wellness in general during these times when maybe we're not as accountable as we were in the past. Because there's less people watching us. Maybe. Actually do the work. It feels like you got to find motivation yourself a little more. You're kind of self-accountable these days, right? Yeah. I mean, look at our outfits. I mean. Look at your outfit. <laughs> so true. I have yoga pants on yet again. I think every episode I've had yoga pants on <laughs> and a sweatshirt. This is a no judgment podcast, <laughs> but I just had to throw that back at her. It's very true. Dave looks very nice today. Well, we were going to take some some fancy pictures, so I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, put on something nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting that the motivation to dress nice and look nice is sort of symbolic in a way of how maybe our overall motivation in general is maybe a notch lower than it than it normally is when we're not dealing with the pandemic like we are. So we thought we'd get into some one idea, at least a way we think about things that helps us stay motivated. And what is that way? And here's the spoiler right here. It's make it bigger than yourself. What does that mean? That means that your motivation not only has to come from within, I wanna lose 10 pounds, I wanna fit into those pants. I wanna make more money. I wanna make more money. Whatever. I wanna yeah. help my kid more with school, whatever it is, but make it more, not about you, but about something bigger than yourself. So what is your why? What's that thing that's bigger than yourself? Like whatever it is you're trying to do, is that a means to some other end? And what is that end? And hopefully it's not a selfish one, a self-serving one, but something that is of service and value to somebody else. And typically in human nature, that does keep us more accountable and more motivated. Why? Something to do with the human psyche. But in general, when we make it more about someone else other than just us and some sort of aesthetic or or vain type of thing, it is so much easier to achieve. Well, just take going to the gym, for example, and, and working out. People are so much more likely to go if they have an accountability buddy. So they right. feel like if they don't go, they're letting their gym buddy, their friend down right. by not, not showing, showing up. up. They're, right. they're ditching them and they're going to make them feel bad. And that's right. so much more motivating than just going for yourself for a lot of people. Anyway. That's why it works. Yeah. The social aspect of it. So let's dive in. Our first topic is going to be about work. For me, with work and motivation, it's always about, in every day, it's not easy. Some days we're just like everybody else. We wake up and we don't want to go. It's just... It's just one of those things. How do we get past it? I always think I'm out to not only make people 
more comfortable and get them out of pain or get them into a healthy oral health. But I'm also out to show them that dentistry can be different. It's kind of my goal in life and my mission in life is to show people that dentistry doesn't have to be awful. People, we're like the number one place that people don't want to be. We've had people <laughs> say they'd rather have a baby than come to the dentist. And I get it. It's one of those things. It's not a very hot place to be. But my mission in life is to make it enjoyable and can I say fun visits? <gasps> no, you can't say fun and dentistry in the same sentence, Nancy. Right. <laughs> but just in general, that's what keeps me going and that's what keeps me motivated in order to go to work. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. You're making it about other people. And when you do that, it's one of those things where... There's gonna be mornings, like Nan said, that you're gonna wake up and you're not gonna feel like doing it. But mm -mm. if you make it about the other people that you're serving and helping and bringing value to, and it could be your your coworkers or staff, it could be your clients or patients or, or the people that you do business with. If you make it about them, then you're more likely to get your butt out of bed, put some pants on. Put a smile on your face. Put a smile <laughs> on your face and perform. Exactly. Yeah. So who are you, what are you doing? What's your why for going to work? Because it should be more than just making money. If it's more than just making money, it'll be so much easier to do. And it should be more about just not making money. It should be more about the whole why, because that is what makes it fulfilling and enjoyable. And heck, you're gonna be at work more times than you are with your own family at home. So why not make it enjoyable and fun and find that why? Yeah, and Daniel Pink wrote a really great book called Drive, and it's it's about human motivation. It's one of my favorite books that I ever read, and he talks all about this very thing, and and so much of the book is about how what motivates people to go to work and do a good job comes more from the actual work itself and what it is going to accomplish and the people they get to work with than it is the monetary reward associated with it. It's not, for most people just solely about money. And mm -hmm. for the people I've ever come across who would leave a job for just a little bit of a raise at the drop of a hat at another company, mm -hmm. they end up being miserable. Right. They, they end up miserable. Right, because their why is gone. Their, the their reason. Their why is money, and money is a very, I don't know, pretty empty thing by itself. Right. You need the other things to make it more satisfying and fulfilling. So what would you say is with your job, Dave, with the work that you do, what would be your why on what gets you going in the morning? Yeah. And, and for people who've listened to other podcasts will have heard me say this before, but I, I work for a government agency. I'm an engineer and I work on stream restoration and flood control projects in the Denver metro area. And really one of the coolest things I get to do is I get to build infrastructure that looks like nature. So my why is that, you know, if we do our jobs right, we're gonna make the community safer because people will be less likely to get flooded or hurt in a flood or their their house flooded it's a huge or why. roads flooded. We'll make the community healthier because now we'll have these waterways that are less polluted and more ecologically friendly. There's wildlife and all this stuff. And also more beautiful. I mean, what's more beautiful in a city than being able to connect with nature within walking distance from your home? How valuable is that to people to right. have that? And so for me, that's that's the meaning I get out of work that isn't necessarily about myself, but it's about the value that I'm creating for the community around us. And yes, I do want to get paid a fair salary, but really once you know I'm to a point where I feel like I'm paid fairly, then I don't really worry too much about the money part of it, and I just go and do the work. 
And I think everybody can find a why on what makes them going, whether it's in a teacher. Oh my goodness, a teacher has so many reasons to get up and get going. And um, a small business owner, everybody has a reason and a gift and a talent that they can share with the consumer and with the world. What is the why? Okay, so let's talk about parenting. What might motivate you to act a certain way when you're around your child or children? What is the outcome you're wanting to have with your kid from way, the way they see you carry yourself, the things they hear you talk about, and all of that? What might drive you there? This is a big one, I think, for a lot of people because I always come back to, I want to be a strong female role model for our daughter. It doesn't come down to my vanity or how I look a certain way or what I'm wearing. We try not to focus on that at all. So if I'm having a day where I feel a little bit bloated or I don't feel myself or as energetic, I don't talk about it. I want to. I want to just be in misery over gaining a couple of pounds and just say, oh, I can't believe it. Why did I do that? Why did I eat that piece of cake or whatever it was? But because I know my daughter's listening to me and I want her to have a positive body image, I don't talk about it. I just say, and, and honestly, the self-talk, the positive self-talk about it has made my mind reverse a little bit and not be so consumed with it. I used to be. I used to think about it all the time. And I really don't. I focus on being healthy and I want her to know that it's okay to have a treat at the end of the night or to go out and celebrate and have a piece of cake with everybody. You don't have to skimp on those things as long as it's not all the time. It's a healthy lifestyle and it's showing her that it's okay. Yeah, we don't want to pass on any sort of body image issues to her. Like, you know, with our generation, a lot of girls grew up with Barbie dolls, you know, the old school Barbie dolls. And oh my gosh, what kind of body image is that sort of, right? you know, communicating no to right. young, young girls like, oh my gosh. Right. Well, sort of side funny though, we, we came across the Barbie and not to totally knock on Barbie dolls. Okay, whatever. But there was like the dentist Barbie. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and it was like, I, it was like Barbie with like high heels and the shortest skirt you ever saw as a dentist. And I had to show Nance. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Right. I totally go to work this, like that with this... my extra large scrubs that I like to swim in so I can move really, really good. She's dressed just, just like you do every day when you go to work. Just look, look <laughs> totally. I totally wear a mini skirt and high heels to work every day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I think our why with, with our daughter, Cece, is you know we want to have her grow up to be a good human, right? right. And be well-adjusted, able to weather the storm be self-confident, not feel limited in what she thinks is possible for her life. Have a lot of uh, self-confidence. Right. right? Self-confidence so is key. So we want her to see that, see us model that behavior. Right. And yeah. same thing with me going to work is that even if I do feel like I don't want to go that day, I still show up. I still do my very, very best. I get motivated. I find my motivation in the morning, whatever it takes to get me up and going, get the energy rolling. And I want her to sh see that I'm a positive female role model. I've owned a business. I started a business. I've bought a couple of businesses. I've grown them. I have a great relationship with partner and staff and friends and family. And she's watching all of that. And so she is my why. When I'm about to complain or I'm about to say something negative, I hold back because I don't want her to think that that's okay. 
because it's really not. We are so gifted. We're so blessed, thankful for everything we have. We got to show it, especially to our kids. Yeah. And I'd say I would add on to my why with, with Cece has more to do with how she sees me treat you, Nancy, because mm-hmm. that is really impacting her sort of understanding of how a woman should allow herself to be treated. So true. That sort of thing. And then, of course, how I interact with her and sort of setting the foundation for her emotional relationship with men is starts with, with her dad, right? right? So I'm very, I'm very, very conscious of all the emotional foundational stuff I'm putting in, in her brain and hopefully it's good stuff. Right. No, I think that's such a good, good fact. It, and when I married Dave and when he was in my life, I knew that he was going to be that role model for her. So he was the one that was going to show her how someone should be treated, what's tolerable, and just what to look for in a partner. Because typically people seek out people that are like the family that they grew up in. You know, they want to be treated and respected in the same way. In my family, it was very promoted for women to have entrepreneurial jobs and to seek out their own adventure and their own career and their own life. And that's what I hope to pass on. And the same thing with my relationship with Dave. I hope that that is what she sees and has passed on. So she grows into those positive things that we're trying to instill in her. Because she's watching. Another thing with parenting that we are very mindful of is how you show fear because emotion and fear is very normal thing but at the same time kids duplicate your thoughts and your feelings multiply them multiply them so for example i'm going to tell you this story we're on a flight one time and if you've heard our podcast before you know that i hate flying it is one of those things that i think of way in advance I start to get really anxious about it as we're coming up on the flight. And as soon as we hit a a bout of turbulence, and of course we moved to a city, Denver, that is one of the most turbulent cities in the US because of the mountains and our altitude and elevation. And because of that, we typically have turbulence on every single flight, at least a little bit. When we start to take off and we start feeling that, Cece always looks at me to see if she should be worried. And I just stick my nose in a book and I start reading. And so then what does she do? She turns her head. She starts looking at her show or her book or whatever it is. If we hit a bounce of turbulence and I'm startled, instead of, I've trained myself, instead of saying, (gasps) I'll say, oh, wow, that was a big bump. (laughs) (laughs) Maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. And, and what does Cece do in return? She's like, woo, it's like a roller coaster. Because as soon as I show fear, that tells her she should be afraid too. And they're mimicking everything we do and everything we say or feel. So we are the role models to show her it's a flight. I know it's going to be okay. It's just that it's instilled in me that I have this anxiety. I, I will counter one thing, Nancy, which oh, I must which I must bring up <laughs> is that you are also instilling in her to be deathly afraid of germs on an airplane. So Oh, that's true. And this was pre pandemic. We haven't flown during the pandemic, but 
pre-pandemic even. I was always a germaphobe. Like Nance is like bringing out the cleaning products <laughs> to like just de-louse our entire like area, our seats when we sit down in the airplane. It's like wipes and and all this stuff, and it's just. Oh, and it, I'm doing the overhead light and the buttons. And that was we, pre-pandemic. Anything we might possibly touch, she's like, "Don't touch anything." So, do you think that people that have sat behind us in a flight or in front of us or a side of us that have watched me like a crazy person? Do you think they now are just like, wow, that woman really knew what she was doing? Because <laughs> you're right. These planes don't get cleaned. I think I think the uh, the wipes, you know, it wasn't anything too crazy. I think if you'd have brought out like yellow rubber gloves and like goggles. I should have. Then they would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> okay. Now they would probably think you were pretty normal. Like half the people on the flight are probably dressed that way. But right. Um, no, I, I think I think maybe they thought it was a little extreme, but it wasn't, you know. We kept it on the DL. You know, we were pretty subtle about it. We did. I would just wipe. I Don't touch anything. Don't touch the armrest. Did you touch the armrest? <sighs> Get the hand sanitizer <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Next topic is about health and wellness. And same sort of thing with what is your why and what makes this bigger than yourself? So for me, my health and wellness used to be centered around playing basketball, okay? Because I've been a lifelong basketball player. As I've gotten into my mid-40s, I've really, I haven't played in about a year and a half. I've kind of given it up. But that used to be my why. I wanted to be able to play well, right? Mm -hmm. So I would I would run or lift weights or something so I could play basketball. It may have been vanity too. You may have wanted to look good. I wanted to play good, which, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know, looking good while you're playing, it's not like we had a crowd. So I don't know if it was vanity as much as uh competing with myself and maybe ego a little bit not so much vanity specifically but mm -hmm. maybe ego mm -hmm. right like driving like how well i was going to play and and my satisfaction with playing really tied up caught up in that but about a year and a half ago when i quit playing it was part of it was because i had some health issues i had my gallbladder i had a i had gallstones and i had to have my gallbladder removed and that was really eye-opening and it was Really, for the first time for me, I felt pretty mortal mm -hmm. health-wise. It was the first real thing that you experienced that was painful and that you had to have emergency surgery for. Yeah, so that kind of flipped my world a little bit upside down. And so now it's more of, okay, how do I stay healthy for the long term? It's no longer about being able to play basketball well. It's really how do I be healthy in general into old age? Right, because you want to have a fun exciting life later on you don't want to just be sedentary and not be able to travel and do all those fun things yeah i want to be mobile into my 70s and 80s and not uh, you know have trouble getting around or you know hopefully i'm alive at that time right i mean for starters just, just, number one stay alive yes <laughs> yes number one show up rule number one show up that's always rule number one for me it's about being healthy in the long term as well and all the things that i don't want to miss I'm at high risk for cancer. We have cancer in 60% of our family. So I get tested twice a year for breast cancer in particular. And I know that it's a very, it's something that's in my brain pretty much every day. I'm also at high risk for obesity, high risk for heart disease um, due to that, but also because I have a clotting disorder. And so typically when you have thicker, blood that clots faster, you're more at risk for having atherosclerosis and blood clotting that goes to the brain with a stroke or heart attack. So I'm very mindful of that as well. My diet and exercise are really important to me. The supplements that I take and vitamins are really important to me. 
And I stay on top of it because I know that with this being a high risk situation for me, that puts me at risk of being alive in my 60s, 70s, 80s. And I want to do that. I want to see my daughter graduate high school. I want to see her hopefully go off to college or see what she becomes, who she becomes, if she has a partner, who that is, and if she has children, what they look like. I want to see all of that. And that is very, very motivating for me. So if I feel like not exercising or I feel like I'm going to maybe not be as so great with my diet, those are a very motivating factor for me is I wanna stay healthy because I know that I'm at risk for all these other things. I know a lot of people, even on our Instagram followers, will say things just like that. They feel that when they are motivated by their children or by their families or by friends or just having, just feeling well into their older age, that it's a very, very motivating factor. And for some reason, just saying it's for you, it's very different. If I was alone, I probably, I don't know if I would be as mindful of it. But the fact that I have a daughter watching what I eat, not watching in particular, but no, you know, she, watches a she little sees, bit, yeah. you know, like obviously what our choices are and having a ton of fruit around and a ton of vegetables. I hope that later on in life, when she has to buy her own food, that she does the same thing, that she follows our lead and she gets, you know, eight fruits a week. <laughs> our counter is always filled with green, yellow, orange, blue, purple, red. Roughage, <laughs> produce people. Everything, produce. produce. Yeah. I, and I hope that that's one thing that we pass on and that's the bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, showing her the way. Well, we hope we gave you an idea, a way to find motivation in a way you may not have thought of before, because during this pandemic, we're all just a notch lower with our motivation and go get them than we normally are. So always remember, find your why and make it bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm.